What's up, y'all? It's Jell P, the host of Mastering Singlehood and Relationships podcast, coming to you with this brand new episode, which is part five of our series, Way to the Promise, Journey with God. We have a lot to cover on tonight's episode, so I strongly recommend you to make sure that you read under the description of this episode for our biblical references. That way you can take your time to read thoroughly the references that we will be discussing on tonight's episode. Now, tonight's episode is titled Way to the Promise, Journey with God, Part 5, Resting in God's Heart. Resting in God's Heart. And there's a lot of elements that I really want to go ahead and just share with you because I strongly believe they are critical for us to master as we ourselves individually are journeying with God and we are waiting and anticipating for God's promises to manifest in our lives, and as well as to receive insight concerning certain things that we have just been bringing forth to the Lord in prayer. And so one of the things that I want to go ahead and address on tonight is, in fact, the title. Um, I want to make sure that I go ahead and expound upon it, Resting in God's Heart. What does that mean to rest in God's heart? There are two biblical figures that I really want to focus on tonight. And the first is being Saul, and the second is being Joseph. I want to quickly as well mention um, David a little bit just to uh, make the comparison between Saul and David concerning um, tonight's uh, message, resting in God's heart. And so, y'all, this is so important because, you know, again, we understand God as being our father if you are a believer you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. You recognize that God is your heavenly father. And if he, in fact, is your father, you know that he, in fact, is faithful to take care of you. You know him as provider. The Bible tells us even in, in Psalms 23, the psalmist David, he said that the Lord is our shepherd. We see, of course, Christ Jesus as our shepherd, but we also see the father is our shepherd. He is our ultimate source. And so when you hear someone saying to rest in God's heart, that literally means to rest in his uh, sovereignty, to rest in his providence. And as well as when the Bible says to us when it comes to David that he is a man after God's own heart. So literally, this is a person that is dwelling in the presence of God, that is seeking God, that is wanting to fellowship with the Lord. Um, We, in fact, shared a little bit about that. As well, when we were talking about Enoch, and we mentioned how Enoch, he was one of two who, um, you know, never went through death, and they are now in heaven before the Lord because their life was truly a devoted life unto God. And so, someone who is resting in God's heart is someone who is not allowing themselves to be troubled by the things of this world. And this reminds me as well concerning what Jesus said to us right? Jesus said to us for us to take courage because he has what he has overcome the world. And he also said he does not give us um, peace as the world give it. You know, he gives us a peace which surpasses all understanding. And he tells us because he is victorious, right? We too, we will be victorious. He already overcame the world. And so there are times when you see that your life is not matching up or aligning with God's word. It makes you feel again anxious it could make you feel worrisome but jesus doesn't want us to be anxious or to be worrisome because it seems like our life is not aligning with god's word 
there are things that is contradicting God's word perhaps is currently in your life right now but on tonight's episode I want you to see as well especially through the life of Joseph how even that in itself should not take away your focus concerning you being one that is completely resting in God's heart resting in God's heart is not just to say that again that you are seeking the Lord but it's also as well saying that you are you are deciding to rest in his faithfulness right to rest in his faithfulness to rest in God's heart mean that you are resting in his faithfulness there are times where David found himself being so discouraged that he literally had to speak to his own soul. He literally had to speak to his own spirit. And he says, why so downcast my soul? Yet again, hope in the Lord. Yet again, praise the Lord. And he began to remind himself of all the things that the Lord had already done for him prior. Amen. And so this is so important for us as well to pay in mind as we are journeying with God. You know, as we are believing for God to bring his word and his promises to pass in our lives. Now, there are times, again, we are human. We may feel discouraged. We may feel like, again, like it seems like you're not breaking through. And this is one of the reasons why I want to go ahead and share the story of Joseph. Because Joseph is a perfect example where you see he, you know, he lived a life that was sincere to God. He was pursuing righteousness. He Yet he was human, right? Um, maybe he's not without sin, but the Bible didn't depict to us he was someone that was in rebellion. He was someone that was disobedient. As a matter of fact, the Bible greatly highlights to us Joseph's obedience to God. It completely highlights to us as well how far he would go in order to be a man of integrity. And yet it seems like his life was far um, from from being... Um, without troubles right and so even though it seems like he didn't do anything wrong but it seems like he was going through more pain and more trials than even his own brothers who sold him into slavery as a matter of fact i want to go ahead and just highlight this to you i want you to make sure that you bookmark genesis chapter 40 and as well as genesis chapter 41 now in genesis chapter 40 during this particular time, you see uh, Joseph is already in the prison. And as a matter of fact, he already has certain duties in the prison. He was already promoted in the prison to have um, different responsibilities and so forth. And during that time, he met these two individuals who, in fact, were workers of the Pharaoh at that time. One was the cupbearer. And the cupbearer ended up having a dream. And as well as um, another person as well who also worked for Pharaoh ended up having a dream. And during that time, Joseph properly interpreted their dreams. And everything that Joseph said concerning their dreams came to pass. But if you read Genesis chapter 40, verse 23, it literally says in that particular verse that the cupbearer completely forgot about Joseph. My goodness. Imagine you're in prison. And you could have completely just, you know, mind your own business and didn't even go to the extinct to help this person, right? Because, again, you have so much going on in your own mental state. You know, I don't know what perhaps was in Joseph's mind, but I could imagine that he's probably saying, my goodness, for how long will I stay in this prison? You know, God gave me a dream since I was a teenager and here I am 
you know, I'm close to my 30s and I don't see this dream manifesting. I see the complete opposite of the dream manifesting right before my eyes. But in the scripture, it does not show us, you know, David, excuse me, not David, but Joseph. It does not show us Joseph complaining, even though he is in the prison cell, even though he is still not seeing God's dream uh, manifesting in his life. And that really speaks volume to me concerning what attitude should we have in this journey of life? What attitude should we have in this journey of life when we're believing God for something and it seems like it's long and coming? Now, God being God, he knows again that we are human. He knows there are times we'll be discouraged. But at the end of the day, what is your attitude? What is your attitude in the waiting? What is your attitude in the process? And your attitude, if you think about it, is going to be in relation to your relationship with God. Yes, there are times you will be discouraged. Yes, there are times you will be frustrated. Yes, there are times that you will even be confused, but are you going to allow yourself to remain in that state of confusion? Are you going to allow yourself to stay in that state of discouragement? Or are you instead, you're going to rest in God's heart, meaning you're going to rest in his faithfulness and you're going to choose to remember who he is and remember his strength and remember what it is that he is able to do for you. And this is so important because it teaches us or at least it reminds us that if we can, in fact, fix our eyes on the Lord more than we fix our eyes on our weakness or more than we fix our eyes on what's not changing currently in our lives. God, he is the one that is able to bring things into being for us, meaning he is the one that is able to bring the solution into being for us. He is the one that is able to open that door for us, to bless us with this opportunity. And in this case of Joseph, we see that happen for him. Though the cupbearer, as the Bible mentions in Genesis chapter 40, verse 23, completely forgot about Joseph. Once you read Genesis chapter 41, in verse 1, it says two full months, right, had passed, meaning it literally was two years after Joseph interpreted the dream that the cupbearer had, that the cupbearer finally remembered Joseph. And the only reason why he remembered Joseph is because at the time, Pharaoh had a dream. He had a dream, and it was Joseph that was able to properly interpret that dream for him and the reason being is because during that time every you know high profile you know interpreter dream interpreter or sorcerer or whatnot that were able to you know interpret dreams and so forth or had wisdom and so forth they all failed in interpreting his dream and that was when the cupbearer remembered the bible says his shortcomings and he remembered finally the name of joseph and it's because of that Pharaoh ended up asking for Joseph to be sent in his presence. And I don't know about you, but you perhaps would have probably felt a bit frustrated. I know I probably would have felt a little bit tired that after two years has passed and here I am doing the same thing that I did for the cupbearer, for the Pharaoh. But however, you see in, in Joseph's demeanor, 
He still had a meekness concerning him. He still had a humility concerning him. He chose to continue to interpret the dream for Pharaoh. And then afterwards, you see that he ended up, in fact, being second in high standing, right? Second in power because he successfully interpreted Pharaoh's dream. You could have probably thought that in Genesis chapter 40, verse 23, as soon as it says that the Kabur forgot about Joseph, even though perhaps maybe Joseph doesn't know what's going on at the time, but Joseph probably was still in the back of his mind. He was probably saying, well, the Kabur is finally out of jail. So that means, in fact, I know the dream that I interpreted for him is happening because he's not he's no longer in, in, in jail, right? He's no longer in this prison cell with me. And so that means that's good news, that he has his position back. I know any day now he's gonna come and rescue me or he's gonna come and remember me. And that way I can get out of this prison too and I could have a better life. And then you see Joseph seeing the year passing before him and nothing is changing. Two years pass and yet nothing is changing. And so at this point of time, perhaps he probably thought to himself, when will be the next time that I will have a shot at getting out of here? But you see, he continued to just have a patient, a patience about the whole thing. And though the Bible didn't mention it, but again, you can see that it was evident in his life because he still went ahead and interpreted the dream that the Pharaoh had, despite waiting two years to finally see the light of day. Resting in God's heart also shows you that you are a person who has mastered patience. You are a person that has mastered uh, self-control. You have learned that it is God that gives you rest. And in fact, if it is God that gives you rest, then you know God is faithful to as well provide all of your needs. And I believe Joseph, he knew that at the end of the day, it was not the cabrera that was going to bring him his victory. It was not even Pharaoh who was going to give him the victory, but it was going to be God himself. And if you, again, during your leisure time, read Genesis chapter 40 and 41, you will see Joseph even answered Pharaoh. Even before he interpreted Pharaoh's dream, he said, it is not I who is going to interpret this dream, but it's going to be God's doing. This is the attitude that we need to have on the way to the promise as we are journeying with God in this journey of life. We need to understand that everything that it is that we're believing for and that everything that we perceive that God has shared to us, it is God who's going to bring it to pass. Now, is this to say that we don't have a role to play in this? No, but it is saying that at times when you see that you're doing everything right and yet it seems like things are not happening at an accelerated pace, that is not your doing, right? It's not your fault. And that you have to, again, train yourself to stay in a hard posture where you understand that God, he sees it all. He sees all that you have done and he's seen all that others have done as well. In this case, you see with the cupbearer, God, he knew that the cupbearer did not mention Joseph. And yet God handled it. You saw God's hand was still in those areas. And he was actually aligning things into place in order for Joseph to receive his good and expected end. So one of the things that you are seeing being highlighted, highlighted on tonight's episode is patience. And I want to bring Saul into the picture as into the picture again, excuse me. So Saul in the book of 1 Samuel 
I want you to go ahead during your time, just read 1 Samuel chapter 8 all the way to chapter 13. But in 1 Samuel chapter 8 to 9, you will see that Saul is being elected or as as you can say, is being anointed and appointed to become the first king of Israel. And you will notice that during the early times in Saul's life, as he was, again, you know, going to that process of becoming king, he seems to have been a humble individual. He seems to have been one who loved God, who was sincere um, concerning, you know, his relationship with God and so forth. So what happened? What caused Saul to now lose this privilege, this position as king of Israel? And you will notice as you're reading what has caused him to fall from that position is because he lacked patience. Is because he lacked patience until the very end. And one of the things that really sometimes troubles me, even when I'm reading the scripture, is how, how truly important it is, as we were saying in last week's episode, um, to be obedient unto God. And for you to be obedient to God, you have to be completely dependent on God. And you will notice as you're reading that story of Paul, um, once you read all the way up to 1 Samuel chapter 13, you will notice that there was a point in time where Saul wasn't completely dependent on God and he wasn't completely dependent on as well the word that the servant of the Lord was given to him, which was Samuel. He ended up doing things in a manner that he thought was best, but yet it ended up completely causing him to lose it all, lose the kingship and even losing the favor that the Lord had bestowed upon him. My goodness. As a matter of fact, let's quickly go ahead and just read that. I want to go ahead and read it for you all. First Samuel chapter 13. Let's go ahead and read it. Starting at verse 5. Let's go ahead. First Samuel chapter 13, starting at verse 5. This is what it says, y'all. The Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 shanets. Excuse me, not shanets. Chariots. <laughs> 6,000 charioteers and soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. When the Israelites saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and in pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul remained at Gagal. And all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gagal, and Saul's men began to scatter. I want you to go ahead and quickly highlight that. Verse 8, he waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gagal. Now, so it's important for us to pay attention to this. So Samuel set the time, seven days, right? The scripture tells us that, in fact, Saul waited the seven days. This is where it gets a bit tricky. So in verse 9, it says, So he said, bring, bring me the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived and Saul went out to greet him. My goodness. Did you guys catch that? So literally, he waited the full seven days, but it was just the last couple of seconds that he ended up offering these burnt offerings. 
right? And so you may say to yourself, my goodness, maybe Samuel was never going to arrive. And so it's not, it's not um, Saul's fault. And I want to go ahead and stop right there. I want to go ahead and stop right there and just, again, correlate this to Joseph right quick. Especially after, again, he interpreted the dream for the cupbearer. And you see now two full years has passed, as the Bible says in Genesis chapter 41. You see, there are times where you and I, we may feel as if we've waited as long as we possibly could, you know. And we're saying to ourselves, man, I'm just going to go ahead and go about my life. I'm going to just go ahead and just, you know, turn the page going to go ahead and you know put that that dream down i'm going to try something new i'm going to try something different because we feel we we tend to have the tendency because again nothing changed that means nothing will ever change but you never know but you will never know if it's in that moment in time that god is going to completely change it for you you never know if it was that moment that you were about to quit that that brand new opportunity is going to come. That that phone call was is going to come, right? And so it's so important for us to as well, again, like I said before, to master patience, to master self-control. And I believe that really is what benefits Joseph, especially the trials that he went through. It helped him to master patience, to master self-control. <laughs> and so we see that, Saul, yet he was trying to do something good, right? But now we can see that it's not everything that you do that is good, that is godly, meaning that is God's best choice for you at that time. It's best to remain completely obedient to God, remain completely obedient to the word of God, even when it seems like people around you are getting frustrated, even when at times it seems like people around you is being fearful. Because again, the Bible shows us, you know, it is the people, right? The troops, the men that were around um, Saul that was becoming fearful. But the Bible doesn't literally note that Saul himself was being fearful, right? And so it is important for us to not allow other people to cause us to have a different um, attitude towards God or to cause us to have a different attitude toward whatever it is that we know that God declared over our lives. Just because, again, people around us or circumstances around us are saying otherwise. And so that is so important, important for us to keep note of that as well as we are, again, journeying with God on the way to the promise and seeing his, again, words being manifested in our lives, his promises being manifested in our lives. One of the things that I wanted to go ahead and share with you as well, speaking on Saul, is that as we are addressing the title of tonight's episode, Resting in God's Heart, you will notice this is the key difference between Saul and David. David, who ended up being the one that God chose to replace Saul. And literally, Scripture tells us that the reason why God even replaced David, excuse me, not David, but um, Saul with David is because God himself found David to have been a man after his own heart. And if you read in the book of Acts, it even says that as well. And you can find that as well in First um, Samuel. <clears throat> as a matter of fact, I want to go ahead and give you the reference right now. Acts chapter 13, verse 22 it tells, uh, it tells us of David that he is a man after his own heart because God already saw that he would do his will. 
God already saw that he would do his will. And so if you are a man or if you are a woman after God's own heart, that also literally means that you will do his will. No matter how you feel, guess what? You will do his will. No matter what you see, you will do his will. No matter how long it took for you to receive a, a, a good outcome, you will do his will. So we have to reach that point like David and as well as like Joseph. Yes, it's hard. Life is hard at times, but you have to trust God. You have to understand that God, he never fails. He never fails. If God says that he will do a thing, he shall do it. Because again, he never fails. You have to trust God more than you believe your feelings. You have to trust God more than you believe your circumstances. And it's not really because you believe your circumstances, but again, this is what is factual right now. This is what is your current reality. But just because it's your current reality, that doesn't mean for you to accept it. I'm going to say this again. Just because it is your current reality, that doesn't mean for you to accept it. You can literally choose to accept what it is that your faith is saying. Amen. Another thing that I want to go ahead and address on tonight's episode, as I'm getting just ready to close. You know, there's a there's a common phrase or a common saying that you hear people say all the time. A lot of people like to say, you know, something will happen to you once you at least expect, right? You will receive that promise once you least expect. You will meet that special person once you least expect them to come. But I honestly believe, y'all, that that phrasing is misquoted or at least that phrasing is a fragmented phrasing, is lacking, is lacking a portion. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. It's not to say that when you least expect it, that the thing is going to happen. But it's actually when you are mostly rested or when you're most rested, that is going to happen. And I'm going to share to you a few examples. Even when it comes to how the Bible describes to us how, you know, God was creating Eve as Adam's helper. When you read Genesis chapter 2, verse 20, it explains to us that the Lord, he caused Adam to be in a deep sleep, right? I believe it's verse 20 or verse 21, if I'm not mistaken. He caused Adam to be in a deep sleep. And then after that, the following verse, it says that the Lord, right, God, he presented Eve to Adam. A deep sleep is a resting state, right? Is a state of rest. Prior to that, prior to even God allowing him to have this deep sleep, what was Adam doing? Adam was naming the livestock, right? He was naming the animals. And so he was being productive. He was being purposeful. He was being obedient to what it is that God told him to do to begin with. He was, again, you know, getting accustomed to this reality that he is a living soul and that God himself, he instructed him to do these things, these tasks. And this is the same with us. Once you begin to be aware of God's presence in your life, once you begin to be aware of your identity in him, once you begin to be aware that, again, he is your shepherd. And because he is your shepherd, he is faithful to take care of you. 
and your your lot in this life, your duty in this life, your purpose in this life is to be obedient to him, right? And it's to do his will. That is when you are mostly rested or you're most rested. And so as you are operating in that rhythm, you will notice that things will begin to fall in place for you. It's not that you didn't expect them to fall in place and that is why they fell in place. And the reason why I say this is because as a child of God, every single day you should be expecting good outcomes. Every single day you should be expecting God's goodness to follow you because that's the word of the Lord. That's what God says in his word through his servant. You know, David, he says, you know, he is going to, you know, proclaim the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. The book of Psalms, it even says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why are you rejoicing? Because it's the, the day it's the day that the Lord has made. That means there is a great outcome that is going to come upon you. You may not know exactly those outcomes, but you know as long as you have breath in your lungs, it's going to be a blessed day. God is good. His goodness will follow you. His mercies will follow you. His blessings will follow you. And so you, you have to make sure that, in fact, you are living in an atmosphere of expectation all the days of your life as a believer. Because literally expectations precedes miracles. And expectation is literally another phase of faith. We see this in scripture, especially in the gospels. Each time when Jesus performed a, a miracle, oftentimes there was an atmosphere of expectation. Literally, some people would just approach Jesus because they already knew Jesus carried a great anointing. Wherever Jesus was present, they knew their matter was going to change. They were going to receive the answer. As long as they saw Jesus, they knew that that answer was going to be on its way. And so it's the same with us. And so it's not to say that when you least expect a thing is going to happen, but rather I'd say is when you are most rested, when you are most walking in the fullness of who you are in the Lord and you're being about your father's business, that these things will align to you. They will align to your path. And it's the same way as we read in Matthew 6, verse 33, right? And so as long as we are seeking his righteousness, meaning himself as well, and as long as we are as, as well seeking his kingdom, he says to us, all these things shall be added unto us. Amen. And so this is the attitude I believe Joseph had. This is the attitude I believe David had. David, he knew God was his protector. He knew God was the source of his strength. And that is why he knew that he would always have the victory. Because he knew God was fighting for him. He was literally just a vessel that the power of God would flow through to defeat his enemies. But he knew it wasn't necessarily his human strength that was bringing the victory to him. And so I want to encourage you as we get ready to just close out this episode. Rest in God's heart. Rest in God's heart. Be encouraged by these biblical narratives. Be encouraged by these biblical figures such as Joseph, as we mentioned tonight. He was a highlighted biblical fig figure. And I want you to learn, you know, from Saul's mistakes. To say to yourself, I am not going to give in just because it seems like that time has passed. And because that time has passed, then it must mean that it's not going to happen, right? That miracle is not going to happen. That opportunity is not going to happen. That healing is not going to happen. 
pray that you guys were blessed and encouraged by tonight's episode. I want you to know that nothing, again, takes God by surprise. You may think that it's all over, but this is just the beginning for God. I want you to know that I'm staying you know, alongside with you, praying for you. I'm believing that God, he is faithful. And remember, y'all, all things are possible with Christ Jesus. This was your sister in Christ, JLP. Until next time, peace out. Take care.